Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largan, a podcast exploring how to find a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living, to support our well-being, the well-being of others and of the planet too. My name is Marla and I wanted to open up a conversation today around tech waste, as it's actually a huge problem I don't think is being talked about enough. I'm very new to looking into this, so I definitely don't have many of the answers, or even much knowledge in this area, but I wanted to raise some awareness and hopefully learn more and encourage you to learn more about it too. Technology has become such a prominent aspect of our lives. Even if you don't consider yourself very digitally savvy, which I definitely don't, or even someone who's constantly looking for the latest model of phone, laptop, smart kitchen appliance, etc., which I definitely know very little about, technology is still impacting on our daily lives. It's actually very rare, especially in the Western world, that someone doesn't own any electronic devices. For example, you wouldn't be listening to this episode without technology, so we'd all benefit from learning a few things about the environmental impact that these devices have on the planet, from their creation to their disposal, and what we can do to reduce some of these negative impacts. If you still don't think this issue is particularly important for you, let's see if you own any of the following. A phone, a laptop, a TV, light bulbs, lamps, an iron, a microwave, washing machine, kettle, toaster, fridge, freezer, the list goes on and on, and it's very likely you own a fair few of these products. Many electronic devices contain toxic materials and need to be recycled very carefully, but sadly so many of them end up in landfill. Even if you are very cautious in the way you dispose of your electronics, you can't always guarantee that they'll be dealt with responsibly. I found a really interesting video which I'll attach in the show notes that was talking about the American company BAN who install trackers in electronics to find out how they're actually being recycled once they've been disposed of and where they're travelling to. This company pushes ethical recycling of electronics and I think that's a really important thing that more companies should be doing. This video talks about how hazardous waste is exported to developing countries where those working at recycling plants have to separate the toxic parts from the device and they usually don't have any safety equipment in order to do this. For example, computers tend to contain mercury, which if it's smashed, uh, toxic chemicals can be released and mercury is poisonous. Workers are often exposed to toxic chemicals like lead, mercury, cadmium and beryllium. It's so crucial that we become more responsible in how we dispose of our electronics so that we can help avoid other people having to deal with these awful conditions. And I feel like we have a responsibility to be doing this. So how does technology affect the environment? These harmful materials often leak from factories producing tech into nearby waterways, contaminating and damaging wildlife and ecosystems. So it's so detrimental in terms of water pollution and soil pollution. I found another video, which was a global citizen video, which talked about how in 2014, nearly 60% of old electronic items were dumped into landfill. 40% were recycled, but 25% of this was exported to a developing nation. 
In this video, they state how e-waste is now the fastest growing source of toxic waste in the world. In 2016, for example, 44.7 million tonnes of electric waste was generated worldwide. And this is the equivalent of 4,500 Eiffel Towers. That's an extortionate amount to be disposing of, especially if it's not being done in a responsible way. Another interesting point is that electronic waste, a lot of it isn't actually waste at all. In 2017, the UN estimated that e-waste could contain more than $67 billion worth of precious materials. And this is more than the GDP of most countries. That's so much money that's just being wasted. The reason for all this money is because of the high-value metals in electrical components such as gold, silver, copper, platinum and palladium. More than 44 million tonnes of electrical waste was produced globally in 2017. This equates to over 6 kilograms for every person on the planet, and the equivalent in weight to all the commercial aircrafts ever built. It's so scary to see how much of this tech waste just ends up in landfill or being informally recycled. And it's awful to think about how this is exposing workers to this hazardous and carcinogenic substances and the fact that if we just were more educated about this we could make better choices and hopefully avoid this. The inefficient recycling is also putting food supply systems and water sources at risk so it's such a health crisis as well as an environmental one. According to a report from the Platform for Accelerating the Circular Economy, in addition to health and pollution impacts, improper management of e-waste is resulting in a significant loss of scarce and valuable raw materials such as gold, platinum, cobalt and rare earth elements. As much as 7% of the world's gold may be currently contained in e-waste, with 100 times more gold in a tonne of e-waste than in a tonne of gold ore. That's crazy. So there's actually more gold trapped in e-waste that's not being used than is in gold ore itself. Just think how much of that we could be making use of rather than continuing to exploit the resources on this planet, which are running out incredibly quickly and is so damaging to just keep taking it from the ground. Luckily, there are some larger scale solutions that are already being put in place and this is things such as durable product design, so building things to last so that there's less of this disposability, which we live in such a disposable society that this message of durability is so important in all aspects of our lives. There's also buyback and return systems for electronics and urban mining, which is basically a way to extract the metals and minerals from the e-waste so it doesn't just get wasted, we can then reuse it. There's also the dematerialization of electronics by replacing outright device ownership with rental and leasing models in order to maximise product reuse and recycling opportunities. So this is the idea of kind of renting your products rather than buying them and then disposing them. I think maybe there's more in that as well about the repair of them rather than then throwing them away, which is so important. Like We really should be treating the items we buy with a lot more care and respect and trying to make them last rather than disposing of them because this wasteful culture is so damaging. In a Parliament UK 2019 article, 
The chair of the Environmental Audit Committee, Mary Krieg, who is an MP, said that our old fridges, freezers, computers, TVs, kettles and mobile phones are piling up in a tsunami of e-waste. New phone launches and cheaper goods have contributed to the growth of electronic waste in recent years. The UK produces more e-waste than the EU average and we're missing EU targets and we're one of the worst offenders for exporting waste to developing countries who are ill-equipped to dispose of it in a socially and environmentally responsible way. Our attitude to e-waste is unsustainable and the need for radical action is clear. We'll be investing in the UK's e-waste industry and looking at how we can create a circular economy for electrical goods. This idea of a circular economy is so valuable not just within the e-waste, but in kind of all things for recycling, is the idea that the company that produces an item will then recycle the products and then use the recycled items when creating the product again. So it stays within this loop and this way you know that it's being recycled responsibly and then being reused, which just makes so much more sense because you're not having to take more resources from the planet because you're reusing what you've taken before. So it is just so much more sustainable and I really hope that a lot more companies start doing this. And again, just to stress how damaging e-waste is for human health and the environment, e-waste can contain up to 60 different metals and chemicals and a lot of these are hazardous to human health and the environment. Soil is contaminated, water sources are polluted and it enters into food supply chains. So it really is so worrying that these things are happening. Another aspect about the production of electrical products that I wanted to talk a bit about is cobalt mining. And this is something I only found out about recently. Um, so cobalt is used in lithium ion batteries and these batteries help to power our smartphones, laptops and electrical vehicles. And cobalt mining is such an unethical practice because it often involves child labor and this is something that I'm sure none of us want to be considered as contributing to or supporting that practice. So I wanted to talk a bit about electrical vehicles because I know there's a big push at the moment for electric cars and this being a more environmentally friendly option than obviously using oil in cars. But it's really important to consider how now that more people are switching to electric or hybrid cars to be more environmentally friendly, this is leading to an increase for cobalt demands. And this cobalt mining is such a dangerous job and the miners often undergo huge amounts of exploitation and risk of their lives and injury. It's really an awful practice. Cobalt mining also has loads of environmental impacts that are really damaging. So. This is because toxic matter is released into the air and it pollutes waterways leading to eutrophication and the destroying of ecosystems. It also leads to soil contamination which can result in crop failure. So this is a massive environmental justice issue because it's impacting on what people in those areas can have in terms of crops and if there are no crops and there's no food and then people are going to be dealing with food shortages which is such a huge problem. So cobalt is essential to power rechargeable lithium batteries and it's used in millions of products sold by Apple, Google, Dell, Microsoft and Tesla every year, just to name a few. 
The insatiable demand for cobalt is driven by the desire for cheap handheld technology, and this has tripled over the past five years. It's expected to double again by the end of 2020, which is coming up very soon, and it's terrifying to think that that's happening. When looking at another article, it said that more than 60% of cobalt originates in the Dominican Republic of Congo, which is one of the poorest and most unstable countries in the world. The extraction of cobalt from here has been linked to human rights abuses, corruption, environmental destruction and child labour, as I've talked about before. But I wanted to make sure that when researching for this episode, I was looking at a lot of different articles, just because I know that I don't have a lot of knowledge in this area. So I wanted to look at multiple sources just to kind of get some consistency and have an idea of what's actually going on. I also found information about a lawsuit which argues that Apple, Google, Dell, Microsoft and Tesla all aided and abetted the mining companies that profited from the labour of children who were forced to work in dangerous conditions. And these conditions ultimately led to death and serious injury. So it's such a huge problem and a human rights concern. And reading into this, I was really upset to find out that these things are happening. Especially because I think things like electric cars are being pushed so much at the moment for all their benefits. But there are so many drawbacks and I think people do need to see this that I personally and I'm sure people will disagree with me and that's more than okay. I'd love to open up the dialogue about this. But I am very sceptical about electrical cars partly because they could be being fuelled by fossil fuels anyway, so even with regards to the environment, it might not be that much better. And then also, because of these cobalt batteries, the way that they're disposed of and the way that they're produced is not sustainable. It's very damaging to the environment and to people's lives that I don't think it should be glorified as this big solution to transportation issues with the environment. So... Yeah, I'd love to kind of open up a conversation about this and see what other people's thoughts are and what solutions maybe can be come to. So before it just gets very doom and gloom, I wanted to talk a bit about what we can do to be more conscious in our choices and have less of a negative impact on the environment and hopefully not be fueling these incredibly unethical practices because I'm sure none of us want to be involved in them. So one thing that we can all do is not upgrade and buy a new phone if your old one is still functioning. We don't need the newest model that comes out. And if we keep buying the newest model, all we're doing is fueling a demand for more and more. And this is just more and more wasteful. And we don't need it. It's this idea of really prioritising what you need and not just buying into the advertisement. Because it's just not sustainable and it's really unethical and I'm sure none of us want to be a part of these practices. And the same applies really for all of our electronics. If it's still functioning, even if it's not the best version, we should just keep it and not buy a new one. I mean, me personally, I'm not really in a position financially where I'm looking to buy new things anyway. But even if you are in a position financially where you could be buying these things, Really consider if you need to, and consider the impacts of what your purchase is doing or contributing to, and whether you actually agree with it. Because if not, then you probably shouldn't be making that purchase. If something does break, there are so many free online videos that can help you learn how to fix the things that you have. 
And this, again, fuels the idea of valuing what you already have and trying to make it last as long as possible. If you have old devices that you're trying to get rid of, then you can donate them to recycling centres with e-steward certification. Um, this is a US-based thing, so with regards to the UK, things might be slightly different, but it's just checking that if you're taking it to a recycling centre, that it's actually getting recycled in a safe way that's protecting people's health and also the environment. If you have items that are still working that you want to get rid of, then maybe give them to friends and family, sell them or take them to a charity shop rather than throwing them away. Because someone can make use of what you're not making use of if it's still functioning. I also think it's super important that we all take the time to just sign some petitions. It doesn't have to take a massive amount of time out of your day and I've attached a few in my blog posts associated with this episode. So it will literally take you two to five minutes to just click on the link and sign some petitions. I think it's crucial that we take more of a responsibility in holding these companies accountable. Because if they see that their consumers are not happy with their practices, then they're going to be forced to change it. Otherwise, they're not going to keep making a profit. And sadly, that's what they really value. So as horrible as it feels, sometimes we just have to go along with that and prove to them that we're demanding something more ethical, so they need to do it, otherwise we're not purchasing from them. I also wanted to share with you a few positive changes that are happening. So in 2017, Apple admitted that it had been deliberately slowing down some models of the iPhone as they aged, and customers had suspected that this was to encourage people to buy the upgrade. But actually, the reason Apple did this was to prolong the life of the customer's devices. I fell into the category of thinking that they were slowing it down so that people bought new phones. But one of my work colleagues and actually a really good friend who has a lot of knowledge about tech and sort of digital things, he explained to me how if you think about um, a young person who can sprint and run really fast, they can go to a much higher percent of their heart rate really quickly without having any kind of negative impacts on their well-being. Whereas as you get older, you need to be more careful about how quickly you increase your heart rate because if you do it too quickly, then you're going to fatigue very quickly, you're going to kind of put a lot of strain on your health. So it makes more sense to slowly increase your heart rate at a state that's more steady. And the same applies with the iPhone. As it gets older, if you slow down how quickly it's functioning, then it means that it will last longer and not kind of freak out and get overwhelmed because you're asking too much of it in one go. That's probably a really bad analogy but I'm hoping that you kind of get what I mean from it. Also as you upload more things onto your phone and the storage fills up then that's going to slow down the device as well. So by actively putting something in place that slows down the models will actually help them last longer so it does kind of make sense. Another thing that Apple has done is they have introduced the Daisy robot, which I think is so cool. There's a video you can watch of it on YouTube and it's just amazing what it can do. And what the robot does is disassemble iPhones to recover and recycle the minerals and materials from it to make new devices. So it's this closed loop system which is so important where you're using the items that are in the old phones to make the new ones. 
In November 2019, owners of Sonus products criticised the speaker manufacturer for no longer issuing software updates for some of its older models. Affected customers were then offered discounts on newer devices in return for recycling their existing product. So in a way, that's kind of giving people an incentive to recycle because they'll get discounts on future products. But again, it's just, I hope that the recycling process was responsible in this case. Another bit of positive news is increasingly investors are only looking at companies that are committed to helping create a cleaner global economy. So it's great to hear that investors are actually prioritising this sort of cleaner and more environmentally friendly option. And I really hope that this continues. In October 2019, the EU adopted new right to repair standards, which basically means that from 2021, firms will have to make appliances longer lasting and will have to supply spare parts for machines for up to 10 years. So that's great. It's like promoting keeping the devices for longer rather than disposing of them. And it's so important that we do this and not just keep buying things and replacing them and putting things to waste. So it's great to hear that this is happening and I, I really hope that the impacts of COVID won't have changed any of this. I also thought as well it'd be interesting to let you guys know that actually around 80% of a phone is recyclable. So even if you have spare parts lying around and not the whole phone, the chances are that those parts can still be recycled. And so I just thought I'd tell you some of the specific parts that can be recycled. So the batteries, most gadget batteries are made from lithium ion, so these can be recycled in an oxygen-free mechanical process. So that, obviously, batteries can be recycled. Then you have bezel or bezel, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, um, but this basically refers to any metal or plastic or other materials that cover the exterior that doesn't include the glass screen. And these can be very valuable to sell, but by recycling, you're actually doing your bit in helping to be more eco-friendly. Then PCB boards, which is the main board, the parts of the electronics that look like a maze of wires and metal buttons and they can be reused if the materials are effectively extracted so the PCB board can also be recycled and the memory chip as well so any gadget with a memory chip has the potential to be very valuable when extracted materials can then be yielded and these include mercury, lead, iron, silver and even gold so it's great to know that these can be recycled. It's just, again, hoping that it's done in an environmentally friendly and ethical way that supports the well-being of the people doing these jobs. If you are worrying about how to dispose of your electronics safely in your local area, then it's best to check with your local council's rules and find out what can be recycled. And this will help you avoid unintentionally recycling the wrong items, which, of course, can be incredibly damaging. You can check out this via the Recycle Now website, which I'll attach again in the blog post associated with this episode. And this website gives you detailed information about what you should and shouldn't do with regards to recycling electronics, as well as a list of the best places to dispose of your electronic goods that are nearest to your location. 
So, so far this is kind of as far as I've got with research around tech waste and what we should do to make ourselves more aware of it and to make better choices both with disposal and purchasing. But if any of you guys have any information, I'd really love to hear from you about it. I really hope this episode has encouraged you to think a little bit more about your electrical devices and the dangerous role that they can play in damaging the environment if we don't educate ourselves on their production and on how to dispose of them safely. As I said at the start of this episode, I don't know much about this topic and I'm very much trying to learn about it as much as I can now. But from what I have learned, I think it's really important that we keep continuing to raise the awareness about this, put pressure on businesses to be more ethical and environmentally friendly in the way that they're extracting what they need for the products and encouraging them to have a closed loop recycling system and make it clear to them that we want them to prioritise environmental sustainability and the protection of human rights in these practices. And also, we can keep trying to make better choices with our purchases and making sure that we actually need to purchase something new and we're not just doing it because we want a better model when we have something that works perfectly fine. And again, just making sure that we really check how we're disposing of these electronics. And like I said, if you have any information on this topic or if you know of anyone who does, I'd really love to hear from you. And if you have any comments on the episodes or you'd just like to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram at a little bit of Largum or you can send an email to a little bit of Largum at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcasts and you're in a position to support the podcast further, please check out the coffee account because your support really helps by covering production costs to help keep the podcast going. I'll leave the link in the description below. And any contribution is so greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and I will speak to you again soon. Bye.